Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 Zone. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday to you. Happy Tuesday, Lucas. Happy Tuesday. Happy post-Valentine's Day. Oh, Same to you, Blaine. Oh, no. Well, happy Valentine's to you and your wife since she uh, brought us some nice little cake that was delicioso. It's so what good. What kind of cake is that? Strawberry. Oh, it was. Oh, it was yummy. I, I, I All that sugar. So if I get lit today, you don't understand why I did. I, I, that's why did I was this. like, eat some before the show. I wanted you to get yeah, on one. I, I may turn it in. <laughs> what did you think about it, Lucas? It's, it's so good. good. I'm going to go step away and take another bite. Oh, man. Why don't you take a picture and post that? Yes, I will. Yeah. It looks it looks good. Like the way the yeah. icing it's is glazed nice over. Moist. It's moist. It's icing uh, all stuck to the lid. It's amazing. Oh, I, I said you don't have to it. just I take it off. Lick it right off. Yep. And there's some lid licking going on around here. Some lid licking. Um, the guy who wrote the story about AJ Brown needing to get four for 80 is Brad Spielberger. He is uh, with PFF. He's going to join us. Oh, in 20 minutes or so, uh, going to get into a bunch of Titans off season topics with him. I want to ask him, uh, for all these people who say it, all the people who say, well, the salary cap's a myth. Because the Titans are negative on the salary cap right now. So let's just ask him, like, hey, man, is it a myth? Should should anybody even be worried? Because if he says, oh, yeah, it's just a myth, I'll figure it out. Then, okay, well, John Robinson can just go about spending money, extending contracts and dummy years and, you know, those years they put on the end that you're not going to play anymore, but it's just dead cap money like six years from now. Ready to jump into something like that? Well, I think, you know, a lot of it is because we really don't understand, myself included. You know, the big question I always have about the salary cap is, and you mentioned it yesterday uh, in the numbers, is, oh, the Cincinnati Bengals have $55, $51 million in cap space. I thought there was a clause in there that says they have to spend like 85% or 90% of the cap. So so where does that play in the part if you have $50 million so maybe I just don't understand what that actually means, but that never adds up to you having that much cap space. I do know that, Mart. I, I can't add. So, <laughs> you know, and maybe there's just little intricate parts of the, you know, the salary cap that I don't understand and don't know about. So those are the reasons why people kind of question it. I'm, I'm not going to say that it's a myth, but if there's a will, you can, there's a way. And that's what I say about the cap. If you really want a player bad enough, you'll be able to sign them whether you're negotiating other contracts on the team. But if you really want them, you can get them and find a way to make space, and and then it'll be pushed out down the road. Yeah, so that's – I don't want to call it dummy contracts, but I want to call it – if there's a will, there's a way. You can can make it happen if you really want to make it happen. That's how I feel about it. We went through this one day. uh, After you managed the cap, and and then now if you – now left where, oh, we only have five million. You trying to sign a guy for ten million. That's where I'm talking about sure. there's a will of the way. Well, and that's when you just get creative with how things get spaced out and what's his bonus and because sometimes it's amazing a guy gets a huge contract and you look at his cap hit for that first year and it's almost nothing. Yeah. You know, and that's when he got his money. Right. But how, the, the the number is actually the, the salary, I mean the signing bonus is spread out throughout spread the out. length of that's the contract. Right. hmm Yeah, I learned all this when I when I got, got my contract. what is that like to be a free agent somebody because i was never a free agent you never got there till i got released by the Titans. okay so then you were free to sign with phil Uh, other than that you're nine going on 10 okay so that was i never felt that you never got the aj thing where it's like you about to go into this year and we're gonna have to well well, since I was such a late round pick, so you got restricted free agent after I was signed for only two years. 
Then they restricted me for another year, and then they franchise tagged me another year, and then I held out. So the franchise tag year was the first year. Where... Uh, yes, it was. That, uh, that was a probably it, pretty good pop. Yeah, that was the yeah that uh, that was the year we moved here. Yeah, ninety seven. So I, I held out the whole. So I, when they moved, I and I hadn't had a house. I hadn't been to Nashville. Uh, I was in Indianapolis. Oh, you went home. Yeah, I went home. home, home. And start training. I just started training. And I, held out to I was franchise tag. I held out to um, three days before the first game, and so I'd never had the TSU experience <laughs> and all those things because I held out. And then uh, they still got me for cheap in, in my mind. I, I felt like I never I never got to where I, I should have been. How many Pro Bowls did you made by that time? By that time, I I think I, I made a three. Yeah, and I still was making minimum salary. Yeah. So then uh, when they franchised, they you know, signed six for 18. Yeah. So that was the only home run hit I got with yeah. that one. Considering, you know, my, my resume. Right. That that was, you want to try to hit them a couple times for sure. Sure. Yeah. Like like A.J. Brown, if he gets a new contract, he's going to get that. Then they may try to get him at the end of it. Well, four years, he'll probably get all of that unless he has some, some t- form of serious injury. At least going to get two for sure. And then he's going to hit somebody else over the head again for another big contract, whether with the Titans or somewhere else. Guaranteed. That's just kind of how it's set up. And lucky for him, it kind of worked out that way because he was a second rounder. As much as he hated that, that he, you know, now he can get up and he has to get a new contract now. Right. That, that he played so well. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people saying he's the best receiver in Titans history. You know, I don't, I don't like really doing that until his Titans uh, career is up. Uh, I, I would always say potentially he could be the best Titan right now. Statistically, uh, for this start, he is definitely one of the hottest, if not the best receiver in Titans history. But, you know, not until it's over do you really know. Mm-hmm. Uh, because something could happen or he could get traded. Uh, there's a lot of things could happen. I don't I don't know his personal situation, and uh, hopefully he'll be lucky. He's had some injury history. So we do know that nothing major, but enough to keep him out of some games. Usually play wide receiver, you really never miss. Yeah. You really don't. Does that worry you some with him, his history? What, he missed three this year? Uh, did he miss three? Or f- Lucas is our crack statistician. Maybe three AJ, or four games. did he miss three games this year? Three games. Okay. It, just, it felt like longer because the bye week was in there, so he, okay. he missed a whole month. Oh, that's okay. right. Okay. That's good point. And then you have to say he had uh, both his knees scoped before the season. I believe they, that's they right. are just scopes. But I believe he did say that on Instagram. He, he <laughs> yeah. said that a little drugged up in a hospital bed that they wanted to shut him down early 2020 season with his knee. Uh-huh. Well, I, I don't know the extent of his injury, but from a player's point of view and just the league, the mindset as bad as this sounds, a scope is nothing. In the real in the real world, it's a lot. All thoughts and prayers in your Sunday school class all brings you down right. for three weeks. But as a player, NFL that's player's like, like, hey man, you get to hey. See, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this: I got five scopes throughout my career. That's why I said it's looked upon on as just like an ankle sprain. If it's something that you're just getting cleaned out, <laughs> bone spurs. Uh, for me, torn lateral meniscus twice. Uh, played through through the season. Get it fixed after the season. That was the thing you were getting drained on the regular, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that mm-hmm. was fun. Because I, I could, I could play through it. Uh, I just couldn't practice though, because it would swell up. So I just would swell up after the game. 
Uh, so they, yeah, so that so you know <laughs> that's why when people start talking about injuries and everything else and about NFL guys, the mindset of that is uh, a little different than most. It's gradually changing with scopes now. Uh, guys are missing games. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, three weeks. They're still coming back earlier than a normal person, <laughs> right? I mean, to be highly active in in uh you know in in athletics is is pretty tough to do. So some guys can't. Sometimes it depends on your position. Like a lot of offensive linemen, D linemen kind of play through those things because they're not really out there sprinting and out mm-hmm. in the open field. They're just in short stints of of movement of power, though. Right. Uh, so uh, it just depends. I, I don't know the extent of AJ Brown's injury. I would say they would be minor, just in that they were just ghosts. But you know, he had some. Tough injury, somebody hit him. Uh, former player, actually, the guy they traded for from the Chargers, hit him on the sideline, got his ribs uh, kind of fractured. Yeah, the other king, king, right? Desmond King. Yeah. So, you know, but I, I don't think that would be a huge concern. But in negotiations, they're definitely used to that. They definitely are. I don't think they would be overly concerned. Then why are we talking? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no con- – if they're overly concerned, there's no conversation, right? Mm-hmm. That's how you know that there's too much concern. Like, thank you for everything. Yeah, but if Good he was luck. if he was like 30, 32, thank yeah. you for everything. Thanks. Right. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Then it's then it becomes an issue. You mentioned this about the the, the like dinging dinging the team twice. I was having a conversation yeah. with somebody, and they were talking about players from their school, and there were a couple of from Arkansas State. Somebody said, "Well, you know, who's made the most money from Arkansas State?" And I said, "A guy named Corey Williams." And the guy, this is before Demario Davis. It has to be him now. Oh, wow. But the guy was like. God, Y'all like Fred Barnett. Y'all had some uh, Carlos Emmons, mm-hmm. who I think you played with in Philly. Yeah, I did. Great guy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were like, none of them. I said, no, it's a guy. They said, how in the world is that? I said, because he got three contracts. Mm-hmm. Got his rookie deal. He got a second contract, which is what everybody plays for. But then he got the mythical third contract. He got three contracts. You got to play a long time in the league to get three contracts. You got to stay healthy. He got three contracts and he finished all of them mm, that, that that's something there <laughs> i wish i could say the same but you know when i signed a six-year deal i got five of it that's still pretty darn good Yeah, but it, it's still <laughs> i was on really i would say my first four five years i was i felt like i was really on one-year deals in in, in the scheme of things you sign two-year deal out of college then a one-year then a one-year and then you get uh, a six-year deal See, so that's kind of why I felt that way. That's why. And know, guys don't really even get six-year deals anymore. No. I mean, we were surprised Bud Dupree got five. It's like, he got five years? Mm-hmm. Hockey players get that many. Yeah, it was different atmosphere, too, as far as negotiations, because then they would try to backload it. So I knew I, I didn't even think I'd get to five. Right. To be honest. <laughs> but I did. That had to make you pissed off for greatness. So when you're at the Pro Bowl and some guys just signed some mega deal and you're like, yeah, I'm still making the minimum. Yeah. Right? I'm playing the same game as you are. <laughs> I got stars and stripes on my jersey. Same. I got. I, I go into a luau tonight with you on the same team. Oh man! I could see you being fired up, and that fire me up. I'd be. I'd be PO'd for greatness. Oh, H Town would have never left a building. I don't think you even understand the type of fired up I was <laughs> because it was at a whole. I can't even take my mindset okay. or how I was. At that point in time, I and I remember Floyd Reese telling my agent, <laughs> and then I, you know I wasn't good at something and whatever it was, and I said, "Do what?" I said, "Okay, 
I was out in that hot heat. I flew to Houston and said, I'm going to work out in Houston in this hot heat. I was at Rice working out twice a day. It was like, hey, man, where you been in Hawaii? No, Houston. Rice. Yeah. Over at Rice. The tiniest D1 university. Yeah. It was right there by my house. I go out there on that track. I had a track coach. I had a DB coach. And we was going at it. And then I went outside. They go, hey, man, what you been doing? You look lean. Oh, I'm ready to go to battle. <laughs> man. Dude, I was like, man, they got me twisted, man. They don't understand what's inside this engine here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I don't think I'm, I'm like most though. So that was, that was a little serious. Uh, I believe it. I believe it. I, I would have been the same way, man. Um, all right. Uh, we know what Blaine, we know about his deal. We talked about that. What about some of these Titan free agents and others? Brad Spielberger, he handles all that stuff for PFF. He will join us next. AJ, uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into Landry and a whole lot more coming up on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Hanging out, getting ready to have uh, Brad Spielberger on with us P- at PFF underscore Brad. Little Scorpion, San Lucas. I saw the Scorps live in 85. Couldn't hear the phone ring for three days after that. It's the loudest concert I had ever seen uh-huh. up until that time in my young life. I still have uh, probably some permanent hearing damage. Ooh, speaking of concerts, man, what, you, what do you think about that halftime show at the Super Bowl? Oh, I was a big fan. Well, I liked it. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I like the Scorpions, but I like a little bit of everything. Brad Spielberger joins us now. Brad, we'll start with this. You're a younger guy. What would you think about the halftime show? I thought it was great. I uh, appreciate being called a younger guy. I saw, I saw a tweet where they were saying how, you know, we used to complain that the Super Bowl was for our parents' generation. They said, well, what do you think this one was for? And it kind of kind of made me feel old. Well, <laughs> somebody, people keep getting reminded that all those people were over 50, essentially, who performed. Uh, exactly. You know, so, and, and Fitty was two Fitties. Uh, he's a full dollar now, as many people are saying. <laughs> Just to stick with that theme. So, so you went to Vanderbilt. Uh, what all kind of history do you have here in Nashville? I noticed that in your Twitter bio. Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously spent four years down in Nashville, lived there for a couple summers as well. Um, a great city. Love to go back whenever I can and, and come back for homecoming and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, what history? The main history is, is going to Arnold Country Kitchen for a meet and three probably four days a week for four years. Mm-hmm. What was your What was your go-to at Arnold's? So I, I'm not even a big roast beef guy, but I love their roast beef. It's so good. It's and so then, good. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. And then I usually go, you know, mashed potatoes. I love collard greens, so their collard greens are excellent. And their fried green tomatoes, underrated, very underrated. You ever get the peach pie? I've gotten the peach pie and the uh, was it the chocolate pepper one. It's all good. It's all good. Okay, yeah. And now, now I'm hungry. Uh, Brad Spielberger at PFF underscore Brad with us. So you got a lot of people talking, and then I started. I followed you on Twitter and was checking all this out. Lots of fantastic content, but you got a lot of people talking around here. We all wonder what's going to happen with A.J. Brown, what kind of deal. And you just said, hey, man, four for 80 and and, and put that information out. And, uh, boy, you had this town buzzing when you said it. Yeah, that one, that one blew up. I woke up to it. Yeah, tweet saying that. I saw that go that go crazy. I, you know, uh, oh, it's good to see, I guess. But also now, we'll, you know, we'll see what this contract turns out. I mean, yeah, we, uh, you know, I project free agent contracts. But, of course, these early extensions are huge. And, and these non-first rounders in the 2019 draft class are going to get deals this offseason. And I think 
wide receiver in particular is fascinating because of the amount of guys, you know, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, obviously Debo Samuel, the list goes on. And so, you know, four years, 80 million, I do get the injury concerns. He's had issues kind of every year he's been there, but when he plays, I mean, he's one of the most efficient receivers in PFF history. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that was part of it. And the crazy thing about him is he may actually be a little bit underutilized, and some would say a lot underutilized, talking about right, exactly. Right, no, 100%. So that's the thing is, for all we know, in, in a more pass-happy offense, for all we know, he'd be putting up monster numbers. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that context also kind of adds into the value of it as well. Got big Arnold's fan, uh, Brad Spielberger, with us on the line here at PFF <laughs> underscore Brad. Well, Brad, uh, we have you on to make us feel smarter, and that is how do you come up with the number four for 80, and then how, if you were his agent, think about him signing before or after some of the other receivers are in the kind of the same class as him, as Samuel, Debo Samuel, and other guys. Uh, how do you, you view that, too, as if you were an agent? Yeah, so you know how I come up with the projections is a, is a bit of a long process. I won't go into everything, but it's okay. essentially – you know, you look at statistical comparisons to players and then guys that he matched up similar with going into his contract year. So you're looking at second and third season. You compare that then to other guys that signed early extensions in the years past. Then you look at their contracts and essentially, you know, you use inflation, right? So the mm-hmm. salary cap goes up and so do contracts. So you, you kind of assess the market, things like that. How has the position market specifically grown or, or I mean, have gone down recently? So, for example, at wide receiver, Last offseason was very weak for wide receiver. Really the only big deal that, that, that went out was Kenny Galladay going to the Giants. He, of course, did nothing in New York, so you think that might even have further negative reflection on the market. So it's a lot of things. Like I said, long answer, but a lot of things that go into it. It is definitely you know not just thrown against the wall. There's a lot of research that goes into that. And as for your second question, which is a very key question about timing for agents and players, is, yeah, you want to go last. I mean, the way it works generally is, if you're in this kind of cluster of players like Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, so on and so forth, Terry McLaurin, et cetera, you want to go last because the later you go, you can then use the prior contract as a benchmark and say, okay, well, we just want to top this deal by a little bit. You know, we saw it last offseason with a couple positions. So, so they're, they're hoping to wait, and the team probably wants to get it done early to try to get a little bit of a discount. Well, Brad, uh, we're on with Brad uh, Spielberger, uh, PFF. I guess uh, for me, I guess tell me what Debo Samuel, I'm going to use him as a comparison. I think their body types are the same. I think Debo's in a little bit better offense where they utilize all of his skill sets to get the most out of him. What kind of contract would he get? Yeah, so I agree with you how they're both big guys that honestly once they get the ball in their hands, they kind of run after the catch like a running back. Mm -hmm. But. You know, I think Debo, it's interesting. I have him just below uh, A.J. Brown in the article. I have him getting about $19.25 or $19.5 million per year, so pretty much the same deal. But the difference there is I think, you know, A.J. Brown is a true X outside wide receiver that can go up and win you jump balls, that can battle with number one opposing cornerbacks and can just do some things down in the red zone and stuff like that that, that maybe Debo Samuel can't. Now, of course, you know, I don't know many wide receivers that could average like eight yards per carry um, like Debo Samuel can. But, but yeah, another, another answer to your prior question is you also have to look at measurables and traits and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. how a guy plays the position does also impact value. And A.J. Brown plays like a true number one outside wide receiver. Mm-hmm. We're on with uh, Brad Spielberger. One more question about receivers, and, and, and because the Titans, I don't know what they're going to do with Julio, if he's here or not, but I'm assuming on June 1st, maybe they go in a different direction. I don't know. But if you're looking for a number two receiver, this name keeps coming up, and I'm just wondering what his value is on the open market, and that's uh, Juju Smith-Suster uh, from uh, the, the Steelers. 
What is he worth? You know, I, yeah, I think he'd be a great option because he's a great run blocker, so I think he would fit in what the Titans like to do. Um, also, you know, a sure-handed slot receiver, so different than, than an A.J. Brown or, you know, a Julio Jones. I, I think he might again have to go this one-year flyer route. So mm-hmm. he had a pretty nasty so- shoulder injury. He was able to make it back for their playoff game, but I know they almost didn't want to clear him for the game. They, they were concerned he may, may re-injure it. So not 100% healthy. Um, and I, I do it. So he signed a one-year, $8 million deal this past offseason to return to Pittsburgh. And that was with other teams like the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens making offers. I think it's going to be similar. You know, one-year, $10 million flyer. And then if you do go multi- multiple-year route, maybe something like Corey Davis got from the Jets, you know, three years, $12.5 million per year, something in that range. Nothing crazy for, for Juju. Mm, well, Brad uh, Spielberger of PFF. What do you think about Harold Landry? That's a decision that's got to get made, and Blaine and I have discussed this quite a bit. You already got five for, what, 82 and a half committed to Bud Dupree. What do you do with Harold Landry? Yeah, and, you know, we didn't love that deal, and, yes, he was battling with some injuries, but, you know, it, it kind of looked how we kind of expected it to. Um, we thought he was a big benefactor of playing opposite T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward and all those guys in Pittsburgh, and Landry's interesting. I, I mean, the guy has the most snaps played at edge rusher over the last three seasons he's a true iron man he just does not come off the field and and he's kind of good at everything but he's not great at everything at, at anything mm-hmm. really um but i think kind of you know a little bit below bud dupree we have him at four years 60 million so 15 million per year um i think it's going to land around there which i think is a fine deal i mean this, this defense needs a lot of talent up front you need a lot of guys that can play a lot of downs run a lot of stunts, do a lot of different things to, to manufacture pressure on opposing quarterbacks and he definitely fits that um, but it's just tough because I don't think he's a dynamic kind of game-changing player, really, at edge rusher. Do you think the Titans can get him for that, or do you think if that's the offer, he says, "Nah, I'm going to try to get a little more somewhere else or a lot more"? Uh, no, I think it'll be it'll be around there. You know, you always do see teams overpay in free agency, so maybe some team does swoop in and offer you know sixteen, seventeen million per year, something like that. But I'd be surprised if a team went that big. Um, I think the Titans do find a way to get it done. I think, I mean, they could. If they feel feel necessary, maybe throw a franchise tag down to get that deal across the finish line. Um, but I, I do think he'll remain a Titan. How? And I wrote this word because they're below the cap ceiling right now for next year. How dire is this Titans cap situation? It's not too bad. So, so the thing about the Titans and a couple other clubs is that it depends how you generally pay out your contracts. And the Titans prefer to have a pay-as-you-go structure into that they don't like to push a ton of money down the line. They'd rather, you know, keep bigger salary cap hits in early years, but then it's kind of even across the board. Other teams will see where, you know, they may have a minimum contract guy in the first year, but then that contract balloons up to some massive numbers on the back end. So what the Titans can do is, just like they did with Ryan Tannehill before this season, they can go in, they can restructure some contracts, which essentially just pushes money down the line, creates upfront cap space. They're not, it's, not too, it's not great, but it's not, it's not too dire. What do you say to the people who are the salary cap is a myth people? <laughs> yeah, I, I see this one all the time. So, <laughs> you know, I think the funny thing is that the, the sal- NFL player contracts can be a myth. So the overarching salary cap can cause problems. And look, if teams want to manipulate it to an extreme degree, like the Saints and the Eagles and the, and the Rams obviously have done a lot of this, they can. But eventually the bill is going to come due. And eventually you're going to have a situation where you're struggling to spend in free agency, struggling to add to your roster because you just don't have a means to do so. So, you know, I push back on it a ton. It's not fake, but I understand why people say that because you really can manipulate things so extremely and kind of change the whole financial outlook if you'd like to. 
Brad Spielberger, our guest at PFF underscore Brad. Well, Brad, I want to talk to you about tight ends. It's been a huge issue. I don't know if Titans will be able to get uh, one worthy uh, in the draft uh, high that is uh, kind of a game changer. But who do you see on the open market? I know the uh, the Dolphins have a guy, I think, with the, with the Browns maybe. But who do you think on the open market is going to be the biggest get? Uh, maybe give me a couple of them at, at tight end. Yeah, so you mentioned Miami Dolphins uh, tight end Mike Gesicki. His, yeah. his issue probably in Tennessee is that he even calls himself a big slot receiver. He really doesn't oh. block at all. Um, <laughs> so, you know, as, as you guys know, that's that's probably a non-starter down in Tennessee. You know, I think David Njoku, who you mentioned from Cleveland, is actually a very interesting name. Yeah. Um, he can block. You know, he obviously the, the Cleveland Browns run a lot of two tight end and three tight end sets. They run a very similar offense to the Tennessee Titans. He actually has gotten better every year as a blocker and still is a capable pass catcher. I think that actually would be a phenomenal, you know, pairing of those two. But he might get a, a decent deal because – we're seeing in the NFL, if you're a, 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 a you know, look, look at Johnny Smith. Nothing against Johnny Smith, but the guy has signed a, a top-of-market contract coming off the season when he had, what, 400 receiving yards. So it's kind of hard to find a good-value, cheap tight end. Um, maybe if you wanted one more name for you is, is a guy from the Arizona Cardinals named Max Williams. He got hurt very early in the season, but former Ravens player, really good blocker, but has, you know, some upside as a pass catcher. That's probably a good value signing that I think would fit really well in Tennessee. Mm. Well, I'm going to give you one uh, because they were injured, injured, and uh, John Robinson seems to like injured guys, usually in the draft, and he get high value. He's not an elite player by any means, but he has some value. He tore his ACL, and that's the uh, Tunyon kid uh, there with Green Bay. Yeah, Rob Tunyon. Yeah, so I think a solid option. Again, a, a, that mm-hmm. wide zone offense, obviously, you know, head coach Matt LaFleur was with the Titans before he went to that job, so – Similar offense, a lot of familiarity. And, yeah, I think it's a perfect example where he, he will be cheaper. I haven't taken a one-year deal for about $5.5 nothing crazy at all. Um, I think it's a great call, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. And what about Zay Jones? He's not a tight end, actually. He's a, he was a receiver. But as a number two guy, how do you see him fitting in? Or is he more of a three? You know, I would call him a three, um, but I do think he's a good fit. Again, a guy that is a willing blocker. Um, you know, that Raiders offense, again, a lot of two tight end sets, a lot of you know, heavy personnel, duo running behind tight ends, just kind of another offense that I think would make sense with Tennessee. Uh, but he's definitely, in my opinion, a number three option. If he's your number two, um, you're probably, you probably don't have a good top two. <laughs> mm. Well, keep this in mind when I'm asking this question. That is about uh, Aaron Donald. If he gets a new contract, because I think this is what this is all about with him um, maybe potentially retiring uh, and he feels like he's the best player in the NFL, if not should be paid up there with the quarterbacks, what would he get if he got a new deal? And then on top of that, if you're the Titans, if you wait right before the season and give Jeffrey Simmons a new deal, what would that consist of? Yeah, so so I was hoping you were going to connect those two things. So, yeah, I agree with you that I do think that's part of, at least part of what Aaron Donald is going for here. When he signed his deal for $22.5 million, he was the highest-paid non-quarterback. He's now eight, and there are a bunch of defensive linemen that have surpassed him. So, you know, he is 30 or 31 now. I mean, look, he's still the best defensive player in the NFL. So I do think he would look to at least get into that conversation of the $27, 28000000 million per year. But, but generally, those are so high because those are five- and six-year you know, year deals. So I can see them, like, you know, maybe just a two-year extension, but a two-year, you know, $50 million deal, 25 per year, and, and almost entirely guaranteed might be a good middle ground for those two clubs. And, and the second point is key is that, yes, Jeffrey Simmons is an ascending stud in this league, is one of the better interior defensive linemen in the NFL already. 
Um, and I think you want to get that deal done as soon as possible. I would argue even faster than A.J. Brown. You want to get him extended as soon as possible um, before some of these other, you know, interior defensive linemen come up for extensions. And look, I, I think he has a, a legitimate case to, to be in the $20 million per year conversation. Ooh, $20 million for Big Jeff. Big Jeff won big pockets now. He deserves it. <laughs> I, guess, I guess one more for me in the open market and free agency. What's a mid-level corner price tag and give me a couple guys you think fit into this mode i was looking at the rams i know he's a smaller guy but the the dare i think it's darius williams there number 11 for the rams he's kind of a one year i'm trying to figure out if the titans go in a different direction with jack rabbit who else can they get to kind of replace him that's uh, just a solid starter maybe backup guy that plays a lot yeah so you know darius williams is a good player but a pretty heavy zone guy so not really what you know the titans are looking to do Mm -hmm. um if they do move on from jack rabbit i think an interesting guy uh kind of the higher end of your question would be a charvarius ward with the kansas city Chiefs. yeah yeah (laughs) a big guy can like him can play man coverage Mm -hmm. uh yeah uh but probably you know a number two and they would hope he would start um you know uh, but i think the deal we have there for him is three years about 34 and a half million so not breaking the bank, right. um, you know, eleven and a half million per year is, is, is kind of middle middle market now for cornerbacks. Um, if you wanted to go kind of real cheap, I mean, you could look into some of these guys that have just kind of had breakout years, like a Robert Alford in, in Arizona, like Ooh, like a, yeah. um, a Rasul Douglas with with the uh, the Green Bay Packers. He did he did thrive in his zone system this year after struggling as a man corner, but was drafted to be a man corner uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. So there's, there's a lot of good thing for Tennessee is there are a lot of depth options at cornerback. Mm. Well, I guess one more for me. Give me, I, you know, I don't pay attention to a lot of the centers that are available in free agency. If Ben Jones is no longer with the Titans, who would be a guy, maybe even if it's a backup guy, swing guy, I don't know what's out there, uh, the center guard position? They could yeah, start. so, you know, I think I think Ben Jones could be a priority for them. But, but like you said, it's very possible he moves on. I think one thing that would be interesting as a swing guy is Ted Karras. He was with the New England Patriots this past year, signed a one-year deal. Um, he can play both center and guard, you know, has the flexibility, generally been a center. But, you know, if you, like you said, if you want him to be your backup at all three interior spots, he can do that. Um, and, and we have him getting a three-year, I want to say $12 million deal. So just, you know, $4 million a year gives you a lot of comfort, you know, at the, at the offensive line. I think that'd be a great addition for Tennessee. Mm. What is your value on, uh, our, I call him Undertaker, and that's uh, Kelly there <laughs> that was Kelly. with Green Bay. Yeah, Dennis <laughs> Kelly, he was with the Titans now. He was Green Bay last year. Uh, is he going to be a starter or more backup in this league uh, moving forward? You know, it's interesting because we had him and, and then Questenberry graded really well for us as well. And I think we're starting to realize that, you know, th- th- this outside zone rushing scheme can help a lot of these, these, these tackles that are athletic, mm-hmm. that can move, that can block in space. Um, but then the NFL kind of told us, you know, with Dennis Kelly's deal in Green Bay, that they didn't kind of value him as much as we, you know, we graded him out in that from that year in Tennessee. So, we have him getting, you know, another one-year, one-and-a-half-million-dollar deal, nothing crazy at all. Um, he's a swing tackle. He's probably not a guy you want to start. I think you could maybe say the same thing about Questenberry as well. So, But I think it's a good thing. I think Tennessee can then save money in that way, can add a, a very reliable and solid run-blocking right tackle without breaking the bank. Mm, we're on uh, with uh, Brad uh, Spielberger, uh, PFF. All right. Uh, before we let you go on fantastic stuff, too, by the way, uh, from Brad Spielberger, just – when you look at this Titans list of potential cut candidates as they try to trim some fat uh, from the uh, salary cap, who are some names that stand out to you that you think, well, it might be tough for that guy to survive? Yeah, you know, actually it's funny you mentioned that because I was just working on that today. So mm. I think the one that's going to be very interesting um, is Zach Cunningham. 
I mean, I know he was a big addition, and Tennessee fans that I saw were kind of excited and happy with his production and his play down the stretch. But when you make that move where you're bringing him in for a minimum salary, I want to say they paid him about $400,000 for the rest of the year. You know, that's great. When his salary jumps to $10 million for next year, I'm not sure Tennessee can be paying an off-ball linebacker that much money. So, He's a man, and look, I'm a Vandy guy, he's a Vandy guy, so so it's tough for me to say, but I, I think he probably has a tough path to remaining a Tennessee Titan, at least on the contract he's currently playing on. All right, Brad, great stuff. People, uh, like I said, I jumped on the follow train. People need to. Tons of good content, always with PFF and on your account, at PFF underscore Brad, all kinds of cap and contract information and more. Thank you, and uh, holler at us when you're over here, and we'll hit up Arnold's together. Yeah, thank you guys so much. It sounds like a plan. Yes, sir. Appreciate Brad Spielberger. I definitely, if you're nerding out on all these numbers like I am, fantastic. <laughs> follow. You need to follow him. So the numbers are out there for AJ. Uh, what would you do? Brad says four for 80. Where do you fall on this stuff? Would love to get your thoughts. We'll put out a poll question, too, on Blaine and Mickey Twitter about this. How much are you going to pay AJ Brown and Harold Landry? Big Jeff. Let's start with AJ. It's next on Blaine and Mickey. Uh, I like his thought process, just not with the number one receiver. I could walk from my two, but not the one. Everything revolves around elite players. You got to have the one. The supporting cast can change, but A.J. Brown, it showed we had Julio Jones, and it was just, it was, it's, a, it's a gap between those two guys. So uh, I do like keeping Simmons as well. I think Landry is going to probably be the guy in my mind that, Based off what Brad just said and kind of my thought process, I've been saying this from the beginning. Because if you tag him now, that's a big heavy hit. Uh, if you don't get him for modest range, maybe under what you gave Dupree, uh, maybe with less years, and I don't know if he'll go for that, then you can always draft a you know a guy at his level uh, to produce probably eight sacks, not into the career you know, year that Landry had, which he's not that every year. He had a fantastic year, played hard, everything came together, better supporting cast around him, better secondary, so it all just came together for him. Uh, he's a multi-level player, too. He dropped a lot, too, in coverage. So I kind of want that swing guy. So I think he's going to be the guy left out, maybe maybe even Cunningham, because he said, you know, $10 million. I'm wondering, where do you go then? You signing some modest guy for $5 million to play middle linebacker who's really the quarterback of your defense? At that point, you got you got David Long, and you've got uh, the kid from Georgia that you drafted, Monty Rice, who ended the year uh, what, on injured reserve. Right. That's And, and you know, do you try to bring back Jay on for another one-year deal? I mean, because Rashawn Evans, uh, he's gone. So what? Yeah. That's a, I, I don't know. I mean, draft a guy? You got long in the sixth round. Now he didn't have to do much until what? Literally the playoffs, and it's like, oh yeah, we're going to need you to play a lot of minutes. And he did. He he played nicely when asked to play. So do you feel like you could find a guy in the draft or a mid-level free agent, plug in beside David Long, and tell Monty Rice, hey man, you're the number three guy. You're ready to go. You're going to play a lot. Well, it just depends on how they want to allocate their money. Uh, you know, you never know. I, I guess Cunningham will. Is he a free a free agent? Or they have to cut him. 
He has two no, more years on his tier, right? There's no dead money left uh, because it stayed with the Texans. So you can just get out of his contract. You can right. just walk so you away. Can get out of his contract yeah. and then redo his deal for maybe a, a little less modest. And maybe it's a uh, you know eight million a year deal where you gave him four up front for first year. You know, kind of really more a two year, three year deal. Uh, that way, it doesn't hit heavy like you're spending too much at that position as far as money allocated to position groups. And then uh, maybe you draft a, a pass rusher uh, with the 26th pick. Uh, people forget Landry was a second round pick. Sure was. Uh, really came into his own uh, this last season uh, because I would want to have that money given to Simmons, Big Jeff, and, and AJ Brown. Uh, and and I, with the caller saying, I think you can draft a receiver that can come in and be a two, three ish. Uh, I think they like uh, NWI a lot, and then maybe you sign one in free agency, like uh, you know they're you know Juju or someone to that ilk that's opposite a number number one. And Brad Spielberger, who was just almost if you're just getting the car, you missed that. You will need to listen to it. He talked about he talked about okay, yeah. He said Juju probably get a deal similar to Corey Davis. So we get the commercial break, and you're like, why did they not just keep Corey Davis? For that much money. Yeah, that, that's what like, it made me what? think about. And, but, and you also gave up a second-round pick. To get Julio. Right, so you, you lost in all fronts there. He didn't stay healthy. He didn't perform at the level you thought. And uh, you paid more. Paid more. Uh-huh. So you lost on all fronts there. And Corey Davis got a three-year, $12 million per year deal. I think that's right, right? I believe that's right. I think that's what the number was, is yeah. like three at 12 per. It was, it was 12 per, but he, he struggled to stay healthy down the stretch, he too. Did. He did, but he, I mean, he still overall is a better player at this point in time than Julio, yeah. And he always got injured and missed some games, but it was about two or three games per year uh, throughout his career. He came into the league injured with his ankle. He had ankle surgery out of the draft. I don't think he did a lot of working out uh, as far as that's concerned. But uh, as his career went on, he became a little more consistent. He got better incrementally each and every year. Uh, so... You know, but it, receivers, uh, you can get them all over the place. So, how much is right seven on seven and that whole culture change the ability to find receivers? And, uh, I think and pass it's happy out, offenses. I think it's and, helped out a lot. And I think it's helping the development of quarterbacks. Yeah. That's why we're seeing them coming into the league and they just throw them right out there. Before it used to be, you know, the McNair time, he, he's had two or three years. <laughs> I was like, dude, where yeah. can we put the dude out? They had some third stringer guy out there, Billy Joe Tolliver. It was started in front of McNair. I remember him. Uh, you talking about people hot as fish grease on the sideline. Like, what are we doing? Was Mac hot as fish grease? Uh, huh? Was was he bad or was he just like, okay? Oh, oh more Mac mad? Yeah. Oh, well, you could never tell if Mac was mad That's, or not. that's what I was asking you. It, it was, yeah, that, you, you couldn't could tell, tell what it was going on with him. Uh, no, here's what I would do. I'd go up to him. Hey, man, what's going on? I don't know what the heck is going on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I don't care if the other dude is ahead of him mentally or not. We got to throw this guy out here, man. So they eventually did. They did, and uh, they got some magic out of it. Uh, you mentioned Zach Cunningham. He has three years. There's zero dead cap. The Titans can cut him at any time. Oh. So he's so he, he may be the first guy to go and renegotiate and see what so they can see if they're going to be with him or not. That way they know what other direction this is like right plan now. B. Right when you just, I think he has a little bit of like roster bonus. But they always want to wait to the end to right. see. And so then, he's and then he's stuck there because other teams have signed their middle linebackers. <laughs> that's it. He he's he's a half a million roster bonus each year. So they would have to get rid of him before the new whatever the day is, is that he would get his it's roster in March bonus sometime. Yeah. So in March the clock's ticking for his five hundred thousand dollars. So now he's on the roster 
When that thing happens, like, okay, he's not going anywhere. They just paid him half a million dollars. So that's that's the clock that's running. That's the train that's going to be at the station. I won't say it's 100%, but you want to think that that's uh, really close. He's, I've seen some guys get, get new contracts and then get cut, redo their contracts, Randall Goffrey, and then still get cut. I mean, so I, I want to say for sure that that is true, but it's never 100%. With his, he's 10, 11, and 12 and a half. Those are his next three millions for an off-the-ball linebacker, 10, 11, 12 and a if half. you pick up the 500? And then 500 each year roster bonus. Oh, so I got to give him a new contract. I just got to give him a new contract. I got to cut him and give him a new contract. But, like, hey, man. Let we want you here, but we can't do that. Yeah. We can't. We got to let you go for that. But now something else. Let's do it, uh, dude. Let him in tackles all but one game. I think since he got here. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I was thinking, you know, 10, eight to 11, ten. 12. Yeah, eight to ten. But you know, sometimes you say, "No, nope, we're not playing with that amount of middle linebacker." That only plays. I mean, does he play on pass situations? I need to go back and look at his snap counts and see how much he was off the field versus David Long in those situations. Well, Long was injured, so some of it may be skewed because he might have been oh, out It would there. have been him and Jayon or him and somebody else. I, I, I'll do some snap count investigation in this break, but we will take this break. Coach like Mack is coming up in hour number two. We got a lot to get to with Coach Mack. He knows a bunch of those Rams who won the Super Bowl and he used to coach the Cardinals. Maybe he's got Kyler Murray's phone number. I don't know. We got questions. He's got answers in a little over 20 minutes.